You are about to enter a new dimension of experience. You will venture to a place beyond imagination, where both space and time deform into grotesque realities. To a bizarre universe where fantasy and nightmare challenge your sanity. Here, only the strong survive. I'm Kyle Wall, and uh, I got a frog in my throat. No, but seriously, I'm Kyle Wall, and I'm not yelling. Welcome to the show. It's 3.01 p.m. Central Time on a Thursday. What month is it? November 4th, 2021. You're listening live on EntropyFM.com. In the process of tweeting uh, about the show right now from the official Entropy FM Twitter cat account, a cat, <clears throat> at Entropy FM on Twitter and Instagram. You should go follow him if you don't already. There's a lot of cool stuff going on on Entropy FM. It's a cool project. Happy to be a part of it. How's it going, folks? How's your Thursday afternoon? Going okay? Going alright, I hope. I hope. Whew. Taking care of yourself. Being kind to yourself. Giving yourself leeway and slack. and But also keeping yourself accountable to your goals and your dreams. Your passions. Thinking about self-care this morning. I was talking about it with my therapist this afternoon. About self-care... I struggle with it, certainly. Um, Have for a long time. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about self-care. You know, for me, as a person that that does struggle with anxiety and depression and and the whole host of things that come along with that, negative self-talk, etc., self-care is a struggle for me because... To care for oneself is to take a vested interest in oneself. You know, to to invest in oneself. And, you know, if you don't feel like you're worth investing in, then taking care of yourself is not really going to come naturally. And that's okay. You know, we unfortunately live in a culture and society that uh, kind of is powered by our self loathing and our constant striving for external uh, demarcators of progress and success. And so it only stands to reason that, you know, generally we all kind of lack these tools to care about ourselves uh, because we're, we're pretty much disincentivized from doing so uh, because, you know, a strong individual is uh, one that can't be controlled or broken down. So, I remember 
when I was younger, back in the 90s, um, when, you know, from my perspective at least, um, uh, self-help was um, a new burgeoning enterprise or industry. And at the time, being raised in a church, being raised in a in a in an oppressive religious environment, there was um, you know an outcry um, you know from organized religion against self help um, because it was it was generally thought or understood within those religious circles that. Um, Self-help was a thing that would take the place of religion, and that if you were a self-help person, then your God was yourself, right? Treating yourself as God. Uh, you're the God of your own religion type thing, which was sacrilegious to religious people, naturally, right? When they are taught to believe in this external force that requires your complete devotion and trust and blind faith, um to look inward and build yourself up and praise yourself is a threat to that, right? Again, it comes back to, you know, um, being controlled or being broken down, right? Uh, organized religions and, uh, by extension, our culture, since it is a Christian culture, um, it, it's, it's sort of a necessity that the population within is uh you know easy to control um and right organized religion in particular thrives off of uh you know sheep basically and to work on oneself and to take to even take pleasure in one's own in one's own accomplishments is a threat to religion because there's a really nasty little thing that organized religion teaches you to do at least based on my experience is anything good that you do is by the glory of god or by god's grace and any good thing that happens in your life you are you know they wouldn't say this, right? You're encouraged, I would say required, right, to give praise to God for any good thing that happens in your life. Basically, like, reducing um, your own influence in your own life uh, as far as positivity goes, right? But anything negative, any sin, right, anything bad that you do is on yourself, right? So... Not only are you hating on yourself all the time, but you also aren't allowed to take full credit for any good thing that you do in your life. And, you know, that's a perfect recipe uh, to create a person that is always striving for um, acceptance, recognition, salvation, what have you. Um, which is what organized religions thrive on, right? Um, and, you know, I make a point to differentiate spirituality or religion from organized religion or the religious industrial complex as I like to call it sometimes because um, 
it's it's the it's the use of religion by a vast organization to control large groups of people that really does the most damage on individuals and on society in uh, in general. Um, I you know there's been studies studies have been done about this, but when you look at individual people's lives and and the impact that a personal religious practice has on a person's life, it is uh, positive, right? But this is very different. A personal religious practice is very different than submitting to organized religion. Uh, drink of water for the working man. Can I get a hell yeah? All right. And... So yeah, so you have that, you have that particular force in our culture and society, um, which is opposed to uh, self care or more broadly, self actualization, and it's not just within the church or organized religion, right? It extends past that uh, because we are a Christian nation. So a lot of the tools that are used by organized religion to control people, you see also employed by our 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 culture our 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 government our society at large um right especially within american capitalism where all success and value is um is indicated through external things right how much money you have in your bank account the type of house that you live in your car your job right your your family Right, these, there, our, our society, uh, you know, can't thrive if we all like realize and see within ourselves intrinsic value. Right, the only way that this that the, our system in place really current like works is if we all, you know, see ourselves as, you know, falling short of the glory of God, if you will, and. You know, for that reason, I think, you know, the the issue of self-care gets muddied or obfuscated. It's, first of all, it's a threat to the status quo, right? Um, and given how much, like, self-care talk there is in the culture currently, you, <clears throat> you know, that might seem strange to say that, true self-care is like at odds with cult with our culture but it is right like but and that's the other insidious thing about our culture is the things that threaten it are eventually like co-opted and then fed back to us through a certain framework to where it's been you know its teeth have been removed basically it's been neutered right so like yeah of course there's a self-care industry and like large corporations like to use self-care in their commercials right they're selling us color books coloring books or they're saying go to the spa right it's all still in service of spending money right um but that's just it right true self-care isn't just about pampering right it's not just about spending money on yourself and it's also not about um prioritizing yourself over other people this is another misconception i feel like i you know i encounter in the world is that People's understanding of self-care um, can can also turn into like a form of isolation, where in order to care for yourself, 
it it feels necessary then to prioritize your needs above other people's, which is not necessarily the case, right? It's it's kind of like a gray area, right, between like setting healthy boundaries and disregarding other people full stop, you know? Because um, as far as I see it, self-care isn't just important to the individual, right? Self-care is a thing that also affects this affects uh, community, right? Um, because you can't really care for other people until you know how to care for yourself, right? Um, so self-care for me is more about prioritizing myself in a healthy way um, because I have sort of deprioritized myself for so long that caring for myself feels completely unnatural. Um, and it's not about just like routine, but finding routine that enriches you and... Um, helps you and, and, and helps lower your stress levels and helps center you and helps keep you present, right? I, um, yeah, I, I've never, like, act, like, actively maintained a good routine. You know, for many years, routine in that sense always felt foisted upon me. So as a child, it was a form of rebellion to reject that routine um, that I felt was imposed upon me. Um, but I'm at the point in my life where I have established independence for myself and I've also created I have surrounded myself with supportive people who understand the the necessity of of self-care and also don't see it just as like a band-aid per se you know um it's not just like regular maintenance like on your car right this drudgery that you have to do to keep everything running smoothly it's it's a truly unique and introspective experience um where you're getting in touch with yourself and get uh coming to terms and accepting the fact that you matter intrinsically and completely isolated from everything else place you in a vacuum, and you still matter, right? Disconnect you from everything else about you, right? Everything that you think defines you, you know, set it to the side. And just you as the person matter, no matter what. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm even getting choked up right now even just saying that because it's so desperately what I want, but it also feels so completely unnatural to just say to myself, you matter. You matter no matter what. Um, but boy, does it feel good to do that. I um, This was a few weeks ago uh, before the Prop A show. So like two, I, well, I missed last week. So anyway, like three or four weeks ago. Um, that, that morning, I was... Uh, feeling very anxious and my head was very fuzzy and, and it was hard for me to focus. There were a lot of 
a lot of different voices bouncing around, a lot of different information. And I couldn't focus, and I, and I felt antsy. I felt agitated, right? And so I did something that I basically never do. I put on a YouTube video, like a 10-hour like Tibetan singing bowl thing right on the TV. And I just sat in the living room and tried to focus on my breathing. And, and as soon as I turned that thing on, I just started bawling. I just wept and I don't know what where that was coming from exactly. Um but it felt good. It was it was cathartic and and it 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 truly lifted a huge weight off of me where I I wept and then I breathed and I stretched a little bit and and I tried to focus on being present and whatever thoughts occurred, I let float down the river, you know. Um because that's the other thing that I that I struggle with. I'm one of these types of people that has the inner monologue all the time, right? I've I've learned recently that not everyone has this, and that's wild to find out. That, but I've got that I've got that constant inner monologue voice where I'm hearing myself speak my own thoughts in my own voice in my brain basically all the time, except when I'm sleeping. And so meditation was always a struggle for me in that sense because. It felt almost completely impossible to quiet my own mind, right? You get a little bit of silence and then the voice starts up again like, oh, look, I'm being quiet. And it's like, oh, wait, no, that's still thinking. And then if, you know, if you don't know how to deal with it, you just kind of wrestle with those voices and just end up getting, I would just end up getting in arguments with myself, basically, right? But um, one, like, visualization technique that I, that I particularly like, there's a lot of these. But the one that I like is imagine that you're sitting on the bank of a river, right? And your and your mind is the river and your thoughts are leaves on floating on the river passing you by. Right? So it's an exercise in letting the thoughts be but not holding on to them. And it really helps me a lot. Um but that's another big thing is is even if you're meditating, you, you know, you can still get caught up in that negative self-talk thing, right? But but the point is to not is to just just exist. Let your thoughts occur and let them float away, you know. It's okay if you have a thought. But um but yeah, that one particular morning that that was like a really like awesome experience and like took a huge weight off my shoulders and like relieved a lot of anxiety and stress in that moment. And um I'm I'm really going to try to commit myself to doing that like you know th- the desire is to do it every morning right another aspect of self-care is being kind to yourself right knowing that even though you agree or commit to doing something like that for yourself consistently acknowledging your own humanness right and and acknowledging your capacity for error Right, keeping it out of the realm of failure, right? Because when you assign meaning to actions like in that way, that that really also inhibits your progress. If if not only if if you're also like beating yourself up about not maintaining this, you know, the special little practice that's going to fix everything in your life. You know, first of all, that's not going to happen. Second of all, we're only human, right? We're not robots. And it takes work to um, create positive habits in our lives. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, it's, I, you know, I, f- a, a big part of all this too is, is not seeing yourself as your own enemy and not treating your mind like an enemy, not battling yourself, right? You, you, you gotta acknowledge everything about yourself and accept all of it. If you, you know, to really like get to that place where you truly love yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to doing it every morning. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna put on the singing bowls and I'm gonna breathe and I'm gonna stretch and then I'm gonna read a little bit and I'm just gonna go from there. I'm gonna baby steps. Another big problem for me whenever I've tried to like implement routines to improve my life is, is the, the, the problem of overwhelming myself. It's like, oh, I got to do all, like, if I don't do all these things right away, then there's no point in doing any of it, which is also empirically un- untrue, you know. Uh, you got to w- crawl before you can walk, you got to walk before you can run, you know. And you got you to give yourself that slack. And I'm trying to learn to give myself that slack and give myself, you know, that consideration as a human being that, you know, just because I might forget one morning, or not have time one morning doesn't mean I'm any less committed to myself or any less good or deserving of happiness. Uh, So yeah, self-care. Self-care. It's important to figure out the definition of that for yourself. And make sure it's positive and productive to yourself and your psyche. And it's not separating you or isolating you from other people. But true self-care really, I think, should lead to you feeling more connected with your fellow man. Because, you know, true change begins within. you got to start with yourself before you can work on the world. And the work that you do on yourself is going to have a ripple effect. Even if you're not actively, like out there doing quote-unquote good works. As long as you're working on yourself, a, a, rever- a, a ripple effect will still occur where the people that encounter you and cross your path in life will still feel this and it will affect them in a positive way because if you, <laughs> once you can see yourself as a human being who truly matters, then that paves a way for you to see everyone as human and, and to see that they matter. And I really believe that's what we're all looking for here, really. You know, all, all the stress and strife and bullshit that we put ourselves through is most is primarily in service of a desire to be seen and loved. And so you start love yourself first and that'll that will naturally extend to those around you. Uh all right. You're listening to I'm Not Yelling with Kyle Wall, live on EntropyFM.com. Listen to the podcast, anchor.fm slash I'm Not Yelling, all one word. I really got to add this show to my website. I still have Wall Brothers Power Hour up there, which we're actually not doing anymore, in case you were a fan of that. Um, There's still old episodes on the Mixcloud, mixcloud.com slash EntropyFM, or you can go to my Mixcloud uh, which I think is just mixcloud.com slash Kyle Wall. Gonna try to pull it up here real quick. Mr. Kyle Wall. Mixcloud.com slash Mr. Kyle Wall. M R Kyle Wall. 
all one word. I've got all the Wall Brothers power hours up there. Evan will be joining me here from time to time, I'm sure. Um, and we're still doing Kings of King of Queens, which you can find links to all that stuff on kylewall.biz. Um, but Evan's got a job now, and you know, doing three shows is still a lot for me, and doing two shows for him, he just doesn't have the time anymore. But it was fun while we did it, and I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm glad we're still doing another show, um, and, you know, encourage you to listen. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, we got, I got more stuff to talk about. Got some follow-up on Prop A, got some other news articles here queued up to talk about. And uh, let's take a break now and listen to some tunes. And we'll be right back after this. Enter the Cosmic Portal. You're listening to I'm Not Yelling with Kyle Wall on EntropyFM.com. Joining me now is my wife, Chelsea. Say hi, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Do a mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. All right, cool. Oh, so I was talking about uh, self-care at the top of the show. Um, And a little more about that is um, I feel like self-care is also like a really important thing to focus on, um, like, in the current times because like our society and culture is becoming increasingly more divisive and also there's that inundation of information of all the horrible things going on in the world so it can be hard to like know how you can do the most good and really the best place to start is within as far as i'm reckon yeah (laughs) and because like you know, once you get in touch with your own humanity, then that spreads outward. Yeah. Um, it's kind of how my job is. Yeah. Got to take care of myself. Right. You got to take, be able to take people. care. Yeah, exactly. Um, as a peer, what is counselor? Peer specialist. specialist. Peer <laughs> specialist. Um, and yeah, I'm just having to like uh, learn how to take care of myself, basically. Yeah. I feel like I didn't really learn until i started doing this mm-hmm. doing your job yeah yeah definitely because i didn't realize how much it how important it was i guess mm. i was just kind of living life like stressed out like just thinking that's the way it is but my boss actually pushes us to do self-care mm-hmm. and um when she started doing that and i started you know taking better care of myself and doing things that make me happy i just i feel like i'm way more calm now yeah. And it is easier to work with my clients. Yeah. Because I hear a lot of both like terrible things like every day. Mm-hmm. And it can, you know, stress me out into my home life after right. work. So I always got to do a thing to like decompress and mm-hmm. take care of myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And we, me and you have talked about this before. It's like the thing that you do, it's awesome that it exists. Mm-hmm. But it also sucks that it has to exist. Exactly. We've because we've created this because our culture is so inherently divisive that 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 like like independent spirit of America 
is like pretty toxic and like invades every aspect of our life mm-hmm. to the point where we no longer consider ourselves a community, but like individual autonomous beings all running our own little country. Yeah. And, you know, in a more like um, humane, like community, like the community would fill the need that is created by, uh, by our culture for your job. Mm-hmm. Right. Like friends, like actual friends. Yeah. Which is another whole thing that feels under attack right now is friendship. Right. I've um, like the like all this. I talked about this with Evan like set a long time ago on the power hour. But like every once in a while on Twitter or there'll be a, a meme or whatever about like um, you remember that shit where people are talking about like if when you're having when I'm telling you something about myself, if you then relate it to something in your life, that's not cool. Right. Yeah. That I don't remember how that's worded exactly, but but this this idea that like the it's na- basically trying to say that you're one up one upping them by telling yeah or like story. shifting focus to yourself exactly. like it's it's like somehow narcissistic to like relate your own experiences to another person's experience, mm-hmm. but as far as I'm aware, that's just how conversations work. Yeah. That's how people talk and connect is by sharing stories. And sharing experiences. Mm-hmm. So, like, how the fuck are you supposed to be friends if all your friends are just supposed to defer to you and what you're, you know, and your deal? Yeah. And not like, you know what I mean? It's like there's a whole total breakdown in our society of like just general like partnership. I think what makes that even an argument are there there are people out there that will try to like throw out a relatable story, but in the complete wrong way. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of seem like yeah. Like, well, right, that's why dismissive or... That's why nuance is so important. Exactly. Because, yes, there are narcissistic people that will hijack conversa- conversations, mm-hmm. right? But that's... It's to broadly apply it. This is, this is like a symptom of the of the pathologizing of everyday life also. um, You know, that thing where, like, we're, like, labeling every little thing as part of a disorder yeah. or, like, has something to do with our psychology and, like... Yeah. And and it feels like it feels like a symptom of that, where like taking the 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 most basic definition of narcissism, and applying it as broadly as possible, mm-hmm. to then just catch normal interactions and normal things. Yeah. So it's not it's not like because if you look at all like the broad symptoms of narcissism, anyone could fall under right. at least one of those. Yeah. And you know it's kind of. Well, right. It's like, uh, uh, man, I feel like I just talked about this recently. I can't remember when or where. Maybe no, I, it, was, it was an episode with Evan, I think, of this show. But yeah, like a certain amount of this like proliferation of like more expertise type knowledge is like helpful, but only up to a point mm-hmm. where like more education is necessary to actually, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> to like even to really know what the fuck is up yeah basically you know what i mean yeah. like to even like figure out what they're teaching like or it's what this yeah is. yeah it's okay. good to normalize like mental illness talk mm-hmm. you know but there has to there there needs to be some sort of 
additional though like education it can't just be like oh here's all the most broad definitions of this thing yeah because yeah it's when you're working broadly it's very easy to like catch things in that net that don't actually fit yeah that aren't actually like accurate yeah um but yeah self-care self-care it's hard it is hard. But it's important. And a lot of people don't know, like, all the types of self-care. Like, people mm. think, like, some people think of self-care like, oh, let me take a bath or yeah. light some candles or go for a walk or, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's all great and it all is self-care, mm. but just, like, doing simple things that you need to do for yourself, like, yeah, just, like, sweeping the floor or, like, cleaning your room or just something small even, like, putting clothes mm. away um well right and see it's good yes. for your mental health and 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 uh my experience with that sort of stuff right like the clean your room stuff and everything like you know for the longest time i was at odds with all that type of stuff mm-hmm. because it was presented in a way as here are the steps that you need to take to fix your life yeah so i was talking about this in the first segment but the thing the work that i'm having to do and maybe the work that other people have to do is to recontextualize like those actions Mm -hmm. and uh because in the past when i was going through the motions of self-care i wasn't really doing it for myself exactly i was doing it because i was being told to yeah it has to be a personal observation like i know i've done this thing and it makes me feel good yeah i know this and i'm gonna do it because it makes me feel good not because someone's like hey clean your room it'll make you feel better you're depressed because your room's dirty until you dismantle that voice yourself in your mind if until you uncouple the action from that perception Mm -hmm. it's always going to be a struggle yeah so like self-care can start before even taking any action yeah um, there's no strict terms on what self-care is. Yeah, it's just any, basically any action that is enriching mm-hmm. to you and does not hurt anyone else. Yeah. Because um, that's the other thing about self-care where I feel like it, it can, if it's misunderstood, it can reinforce that, like, that divisiveness or individualism type thing where, like, a person could interpret it to mean um, prioritizing your own quote-unquote needs over others in an unhealthy way yeah and it's not really about that either if like what you're doing is putting harm on someone else then that's not really self-care either um self-care should be only about you yeah right exactly um all right let's see here so prop a failed which is good Um, by an overwhelming majority. Really? Yeah. Uh, there were only 31.12% of votes for Prop A. That's hilarious. But almost 70% of people who voted, voted against it. Wow. Which that's is big. good to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. And encouraging. Um, but here's the thing, okay? Uh, yeah, this is, this is one victory, right? We, we can't turn our backs on these people. Right, they raised a lot of money. The Save Austin Now folks, they raised a lot of money over the course of this campaign, which I believe was the true goal that they had in mind. Was that mm-hmm. this is a grift? This is not an actual political movement. This is this is 
a, a way for a guy to make some money disappear and reappear in his own pocket, basically, yeah. to funnel political contributions into his own personal holdings and to enrich himself at the expense of other people. Mm-hmm. So with that said, then, this is not really going to be discouraging to those people, right? Because as far as they're concerned, it's still a win because they made a lot of money, right? It's not really a loss for them yeah. overall. And here, let's see. Um, I'm trying to find this quote from the guy, Macawiak. Apparently, Apparently, he's the GOP chairman in Travis County, which I had no idea. The guy, Matt McCowiak, who was behind Save Austin now Mm -hmm. and who was behind the the previous uh, group Fight for Austin, something like that, Mm -hmm. where he also did this same thing where, like, he took in political contributions and then paid a company for PR help, the company that was owned by a friend of his, right? And Mm -hmm. then he ended up also being wealthy somehow, you know? And that's, that's how we know it's a pattern, right? Because... Before, when they did it first with Fight for Austin, it's not a pattern yet, right? Yeah. But now with Save Austin Now, it's all the same people involved, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different company name, right? The, the the company that's doing all this supposed PR work for them, this voter outreach work, it's a different company name. But it's the same guy owning it from before. Wow, that's yeah. sketchy. Yeah, super sketchy. I guess not technically illegal, but, you know, still worth noting. Yeah. Um but yeah, he says um, on election night, this was his quote, um, tonight was a disappointment, but I do think we have moved things in a meaningful direction. We aren't going anywhere. We're not going to save Austin now, tonight, but we will. Oh, so ominous. Ugh. This fucking guy. So yeah, so point being, we can't turn our backs on save Austin now, right? We can't let our guard down, right? Because they made a lot of money. And they, like, garnered a significant amount of public support enough that they're going to continue doing this bullshit. Yeah. So we got to keep our guard up. And, uh... That's a big difference. 31%? Yeah. I thought it was going to be close. Yeah. Well, right. uh, If we're going by, um... Right, the previous... Um, like last year's Prop A, mm-hmm. which was to like reinforce the homeless ban or the camping ban. Yeah, right? people were all for that. Yeah. So using that as an indicator, it wasn't like encouraging. But I think we're like underestimating the amount of quote unquote liberal people who still like hate the poor mm-hmm. in that. You know what I mean? So that skews the results between the two elections. Yeah, because it's two different yeah. topics. Completely. Two, di- two completely different topics. Yeah. Um. That still kind of pisses me off then. Yeah, uh, as it should, as <laughs> oh, it should. Like, oh, that's good. It's like, like I know I know lifting the camping ban isn't like a real solution, but it does at least alleviate a certain amount of unnecessary suffering that people who are already homeless have to go through. Yeah. You know, like removing the camping ban is not the answer, right? But it's at least a step in the right direction where we're trying to shift public perception of homeless people away from them being a nuisance or them like not deserving to live yeah to trying to put them paint them in more of a human light yeah um which failed though unfortunately not surprising though yeah. knowing texas and knowing austin and how it's like you know it's a 
It's uh, it's the Democrat equivalent of a rhino city, basically mm-hmm. Republican in name only. I don't know what the Democratic equivalent of that is, you know, but it's like ostensibly the front is that it's a liberal place, but it's yeah. not really. If you look at the actual way that the city conducts itself and yeah. treats its citizens, you know what's really going on. Um. So then, then there, there was that shooting in West Campus, which oh, yeah. was weird. I, when that happened, it was like two days before election night. And the details at the time seemed really suspect to me, which are like SUVs of multiple people with automatic weapons driving around in West, West Campus, like just shooting. And then... And and then it was reported that um, the police didn't show up till almost an hour later. The call was made, and then the police APD released a statement saying that they were there way earlier. But what they were told is that it was fireworks, and then later they found out it was a shooting. I don't know. I thought that was going to be a whole thing that they were going to try and use as like a tool to like leverage in the election. Like, look, look how look how bad it is, right? We need more cops. Yeah. But it just like totally fizzled out. So yeah, like what happened? Yeah, it was really strange. Uh, uh, as far as I've heard, there was one death and one injury. That's it? Yeah. But there was a car full of people with automatic... Yeah, there were two cars and a person on foot. So I don't and know. And all the damage they did was shoot and injure two people? Yeah. I don't know. Really strange. Yeah. Really strange. Still, you know, makes a... Yeah, hairs on my neck weird. stand up a little bit but i mean you know i guess whatever i guess that's it <laughs> i thought that was going to be like a way way bigger deal at the time yeah and i don't i don't think they caught anyone or anything i think it's just it just just completely fizzled out i don't and then the you know police um the scanner the, yeah. yeah i was they listening to the they didn't say anything yeah, I was listening to the the police scanner for a while after I heard about it, and there, it just seemed like business as usual. Yeah, they didn't say anything. There was no like urgency about the situation at all. Um, which is fucked up, because that that was another thing. I feel like the police were leveraging leading up to the election was they're like, oh, like reduced response to non-active crimes or whatever because yeah. of. Budget cuts, yada, 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 which is not actually true. They didn't even cut budgets. That was just a lie, right? And, yeah, just fucked up how... Just the whole police. Police are fucked up, man. Yeah, for sure. Just fucked up. All right. Um. Let's see here. Did you want to talk about what we, were, our, uh, what we had talked about talking about? What was that? The uh, the the event that we worked. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Because <laughs> this was an interesting experience. Um, the reason that... Oh, wait, no. That's not the reason why. Because the power went out. But go ahead. I'm just going to tell you this before we start the story. I heard more about it. It low-key is like, seems like a scam. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, we we were right, but like, it's like... It was really sketchy. Yeah. I heard. <laughs> well, I mean, can you divulge details without naming names? I mean, we'll, well get into it. Okay, like, let's start. When we, yeah. <laughs> um. So it's called Pumpkin Nights. It was 
a festival in Austin, um, Halloween themed, obviously, and um, they ran it in a bunch of other cities in Texas and also in Utah, and mm. they came to Austin this year, yeah. Pioneer Farms. <laughs> I wasn't going to give out all that specific information, but I guess we're we're not we're not affiliated with them anymore. But <laughs> um, that's okay. I can edit it out of the podcast version. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was a Halloween event. It was like a pumpkin patch type thing where, you know, it's like they have a fairground type area with like, you know, a place where you get snacks and a little bar and, and like a haunted house type thing and, and big big pumpkins to look at and other entertainment and then like a long course with all these little like vignettes these different themed little areas that were everything's made out of pumpkins you know and you know it was it was fine working it it was just a weird thing to like observe because it's one of these events where like you know you have to buy tickets to go there right mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like you buy tickets to go to a place to spend more money right yeah which and is like basically everything now yeah which is everything every festival and um it was just it was just weird to observe that and like be on the staff and like one day i had to take money for parking right because there's a big lot right there that you can park in easiest place to park there's not really anywhere else to park but it costs ten dollars to park there anyway and i guess it wasn't made clear on the website that that was the case apparently it was in one email i think so i was in that unfortunate situation of like letting a lot of people know for the first time that they had to pay for parking right there Mm. which could be a volatile situation right i think um the 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 typical way one would approach that is to put up kind of a stony front and just state it very flatly ten dollars for parking you know and not engage right and you would expect some like anger back yeah <laughs> you know um <clears throat> but i i tried i chose to you know when I said parking, I said they are charging ten dollars for parking, right? Not me. I'm not, I'm not charging you ten dollars. They are, and I apologize to people. I'm sorry that you know, on my behalf at least, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't do anything about it. And most people were understanding about that, even if they were frustrated, which was nice. Um, but like, I don't know. It was just interesting to interact with the various types of people because you had the like the more affluent families who were typically the ones who were more upset about the parking, mm-hmm. and the, the less affluent families who were just like trying to do something fun, fun. for their family. Yeah. And it's also just like kind of heartbreaking to see that because it's like you know they're just bilking you for your money at this yeah, thing. So much money. I worked in the food tent, mm-hmm. and that was really sad to see. People were spending a lot of money. On yeah. Cotton candy and way, popcorn. Yeah, like way overpriced Completely snacks and overpriced. stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't fault any any of the parents, though. You know, it's like you see if uh, I, I see a family coming in and it's like, this is the thing that you choose to do for fun. Like, come to this, like, fucking 
uh, black hole of money. Yeah. You know, just you're going to take your family out to the money pit. That sucks, right? But you can't fault any of them for doing that because this is the world that we've created where like this is the fun that's accessible and and it's like totally normalized yeah where like everyone walks in there pretty much expecting to shell out more money even after like like a family of four it costs almost a hundred dollars like total to to be there just to be there and then kids want food yeah the whole time yeah and it just sucks because it's like in a way, you can't even fault the people who are putting it on because we have created a system where this is not seen as a bad thing to do, mm-hmm. right? But but still, you're like, come on, guys, really? Yeah. You have to charge ten dollars for the for the fucking cotton candy, you know? It's you have to sticks, charge, babe. The sticks lit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sticks <laughs> lit up, whatever. And you have to charge like how much is the, that popcorn? That $6. you know, six dollars for some shitty popcorn. Yeah, and how much is the fucking hot chocolate yeah, was five dollars five dollars for some starbucks hot chocolate the sodas were three the waters were yeah. store brand and they were two dollars yeah i mean nothing against store brand water but well like, no but it's yeah it's still like it's like you're upcharging it's like really like you you people who are setting up this event you know what you're doing mm-hmm. you know you're bringing people in to just spend more money and it's like you can't give anyone a break anywhere Really? You can't just have free parking? What's that going to hurt? You know? Yeah. It's like the easiest place to park or you're still going to like, you know, you pay. Yeah. You can pay oh, $100 you know, to get to a place where every person down the line is asking for 10 more dollars, basically. Yeah. Like minimum. Yeah. Um. So you know how we found out that the whole place brings in about $3 million? Yeah. That's tickets alone. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the whole like ass festival. No, no. I when when that person told us that, I think she had mentioned that it was just tickets. Oh, I didn't hear it until. But the yeah, that's time she told me. that's a very significant amount of money, like making three million on tickets, and you're still asking people for ten dollars for parking. You know, yeah, it's fucked up. And it's those kids up. want like two and three cotton candies, mm-hmm. and like it's sad because they don't want to say no to their kids because it's Halloween. Yeah. And I see parents like I've seen a I saw a parent that was like that heard the price and the kid kept saying, I want this, I want this and the dad's trying to be nice about it, but he was like, Man, I'm already spending fifty dollars. Yeah. But I could tell he it was like kinda hurting his pocket, but he didn't want to say no to his kids on Halloween. Well, right, yeah. And and they know that. Yeah, but it just sucks that like they the those parents were put in that position. And that's, yeah. And it sucked thinking about whenever, like when I was doing parking, whenever, because we took cash, right? But of course, I had a card reader as well, mm-hmm. right? Don't want to miss any opportunity yeah, to make any amount of let money. you not pay. Right. And, so, and it, when someone would give me a card, right? And I, especially if it was a credit card, then I'm like imagining them going into debt for this fucking money pit bullshit yeah. thing. Fucking like, you know, bread and circuses. And it's like, Oh, it just sucks. It just hurts. It sucks taking ten dollars. It just people. hurts, man. No, yeah, I know. And, you know, I, you know, I, I needed the gig, right? I've been out of work a while. I needed a little bit of money, right? So I needed to be there, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wasn't gonna get in, indignant with the people that were frustrated about having to pay ten dollars for parking. Yeah, you know, 
you couldn't park in the neighborhood either. There are no walk-ups. You have to, when you drive, you have to park park yeah. in the parking lot. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, who's gonna stop you from walking in? But like, it's obviously not like made for you to walk up to. They were telling people not to walk up. The, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And there wasn't even any signage like Mm-mm. that. Parking was ten dollars. No. It was on me and the other guys to, to tell break people. The news. Yeah, yeah. Of course, because they're not gonna. Yeah, but at the very least. The so when you're in that situation as a worker there, and you and you need the job, right? But you feel uncomfortable about what's being done. You know, I think some people's response to that is to get defensive about it with those people, right? But like. The thing to do in that situation is is to like is to validate. Yeah, commiserate, validate, be human with them, be real with them. You know, I told I told multiple people like, yeah, I'm I'm in the unfortunate position of needing this job. You know, and they understand. You know, we don't you know we don't all have to like be like all in a, all up in each other's business over this stuff. Yeah, we can just be honest about what's what's going on. You yeah. know. And use that as an opportunity to connect a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a hell of a thing. I never really worked an event like, uh, and a Halloween event like that before. I've never worked any, any event like that. Mm-hmm. I've worked festivals, but I was either dancing or promoing. Mm-hmm. I never had to do that. Yeah. I felt really bad. Really yeah. bad. Because I didn't think it was as great as it could be for all the money. Oh, sure. Definitely. Because not only were they taking money, it really wasn't even like... It was like they half-assed about anything they could. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's American capitalism for you. Is how, how can we make the most amount of money by putting in the least amount of effort? Yeah. That's like totally defining quality of like our economic system all the way top to bottom yeah everyone is trying to make as much money while doing as little as possible yeah you know and uh it's only the ones who are most successful at that that get a, that are get away with it mm-hmm. you know i'm over here making 15 dollars an hour at some pumpkin event <laughs> right and they're asking me to pick up trash yeah and they're making three million dollars on tickets right I'm only making fifteen dollars an hour. You can't get you can't cut me a little slack, you know. Yeah, it's fucked up. The whole trail. Yeah, the whole trail and the parking lot. They ask people to pick up trash in that gigantic field. We somehow avoided to do that. Yeah. Well, right. That's like that's kind of like a imperative of the anti-capitalist is like, yeah, take your breaks as much as you can. Like, don't do any more work than you have to, because no one else above you is either. They're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was an interesting <laughs> experience. Um, let's... Let's take a break. Listen to some music. Sounds yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what time it is. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's take we're going to take a little break and we'll be back after this. Air. 
You're listening to I'm Not Yelling with Kyle Wall on EntropyFM.com. With me is my wife, Chelsea. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, phone lines are open. If anyone's out there listening right now and wants to talk about uh, anything at all, really, self-care, Proposition A, politics in Austin, life. Festivals. Festivals. <laughs> Capitalism. Five one two five two two four six four six. Um, all right, let's look at some news. You want to look at some news with me, babe? Yeah, for sure. So first one I got pulled up here is kind of relevant to the prop A stuff. You wanna you 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 wanna move your chair like over here? Hold on. Yeah. I Let me you. mute your microphone. All right. Let's uh get you situated over here. Can you see? Yeah. All right. All right. There you go. There we go. All right. So the first one here is kind of relevant to all the police talk, Prop A talk. We only have like 20 minutes, so we'll see. We might not even get through more than one of these, but we'll see. Um, I got a lot here. (laughs) Cued up. But this first one is Austin Chronicle. It's from today, uh, well, tomorrow. I didn't know that they did this. Newspapers? I've noticed this last week uh, on another Austin article, Austin Chronicle article, Mm -hmm. I think, where it's actually dated for the next day. Maybe that's when they come out. I guess they, yeah, post them a day early on the website, and then they're published. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. Anyway, (laughs) dated tomorrow, November 5th. Sexual assault survivors watch warily as APD touts change. Is everything really different under the new police chief? That's an easy answer. No, it's Mm -mm. not. Uh, This is from Austin Sanders at the Austin Chronicle. Um, This is a long article. I did not have time to read all of it. Um, But I'm going to just kind of read this first part. And then we can talk, and then um, maybe we can skim for other little uh, relevant pieces. But anyway, Hannah Senko is fed up with mere rhetoric. Myself and many others have been advocating for improvements within the sex crimes unit at APT for years now with little to no real change, Senko told The Chronicle recently. I am done giving credit or believing that change will happen until I see it. Senko is the lead plaintiff in one of the ongoing cases alleging that Austin and Travis County's mishandling of reported sexual assaults violates the constitutional rights of survivors. That pattern of conduct, uh, pattern of misconduct, say the survivors who've brought these lawsuits, begins with the Austin Police Department, whose previous chiefs, Art Acevedo and Brian Manley, are named as defendants. Senko says their success for <clears throat> their successor. New Chief Joseph Chacon. That's it. Chacon? Chacon? Chacon. Chacon. Chacon has an opportunity in front of him to prove through his actions how he how committed he is and what priority he is placing on sex crimes in our city. Uh oops. There we go. Um, let's see. It goes on to talk about um 
Let's see. This, though the survivors' lawsuits have not yet been resolved and the APD failures and scandals that play a major role in the plaintiff's case cases are matters of public record. First came the collapse of the APD-managed DNA crime lab after changes charges of incompetence and mishandling of evidence. Then sexual assault evidence kits collected by trained nurse examiners at Austin's emergency rooms from patients who have reported having been assaulted were allowed to languish for months or years, some growing mold before APD managed to have the backlog cleared by outside labs, some out of state. Then reporting by news outlets, including the Chronicle uncovered APD's unusually high rate of exceptional clearance of rape cases, meaning they were closed without making any arrests, which led to another audit. Most of the people who've borne the brunt, Brunt of the blame for these failures, Acevedo, Manley, and APD Chief of Staff Troy Gay, who's announced his retirement, are now gone. The reactions from survivors and advocates to Chacon's commitments to reform made as he competed for and then won APD's top job range from cautious optimism to the skepticism of Senko. All agree that the leadership circle now in place on APD's headquarters fifth floor is potentially open to change in a way that hasn't been true for a decade, but Chacon himself rose through APD's ranks and was an assistant and interim chief during the time of APD's systematic failures. Could he have done more to push for reform during that time? Some survivors and advocates say yes. This one boils my blood. Yeah, I know. That's why I kind of wanted to talk to you about it, because... Mm, APD does nothing. Right. They throw away rape kits. They yeah. Don't, they don't, like, report. Yeah. Like, they'll take the report down and do nothing with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, just so anyone knows, in Austin, there is a place called Eloise House that is very, the women there are very gentle, and they'll perform rape examination kits and um, clean you up, give you sandwiches and water, a warm blanket, and take very good care of you, and... Um, I would suggest going there before going to APD. What's it called Anyone again? There? The Eloise House. The Eloise House. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I'm trying to scan the article here. Because um, I imagine it, it, it touches on what I'm about to talk about. Um, but basically, this... Okay, so Prop A failed, right, mm-hmm. in a big way, and for obvious reasons, I think. Mo- mostly that that proposal put other services at risk, and it wasn't coupled with any sort of reform. It was just more cops, more money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems pretty obvious that if APD wants more public support, they need to actually do their work Mm -hmm. and this is a very easy way that they could do that um because it's being heavily focused on right now this their um response to sexual assaults and they have a very bad history with this one specific issue Mm -hmm. and i talked about this previously when i was i talked about this guy uh fucking chacon on another show um about how It's all weasel words, right? All his quotes about reform or change just reek of weasel 
weaseliness mm-hmm. where it's it's this very diplomatic type of speech where it's not really making any commitments and just being vague about change or reform yeah. and he's a company man he comes from within he was a he was already in apd mm-hmm. right he's not an outside guy uh, you know truth be told anyone that that got that job i wouldn't have trusted right but he already has the stink of establishment on him because he's been a he's been integral in a lot of this stuff that's already gone on yeah and you know the way you know some people might be cautiously cautiously optimistic based on what he said i am not at all Mm -hmm. because it's exactly the sort of thing a person would say when they intend to do nothing exactly um but we can't you know we uh, absolutely need to continue to hold, um, you know, public officials and police being included in that accountable, mm-hmm. right, to, to uh, you know, what we want them to do, right? But we can't, um, we can't trust them to, like, actually give a shit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What also kind of irks me about articles like this is the tone it takes in reference to the problems and changes that might need to happen Mm -hmm. where it's like it's it's treating these little issues as just like little issues Mm -hmm. you know within the police department right it's not like the police department is just is like fundamentally flawed you know what I mean? It's not, it's saying like, oh, APD has a bad history with sexual sexual assault things. How can they fix it? Instead of saying, police departments are inherently are not structured to give a shit about people. Really, they are. You know, they're the guardians of the status quo, right? Yeah. They serve the ruling class, and you know what I mean? It's yeah, just it's not this, just like a problem that needs to be fixed. It's like yeah. everything's the problem. You know, we watch with great anticipation how they plan to address this problem. Yeah, instead exactly. of like. The fact that this continues to be a problem and t- continues to go unaddressed is evidence of the fundamental failures of the institution. Mm-hmm. It's not a fucking cut that needs a Band-Aid. It's an infection in the blood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's another... And that, that sort of thing is another reason why anytime anyone talks about the liberal media as, any, as a thing is like so ludicrous to me. If there was such a thing as liberal media with an actual liberal agenda, then articles like this would take a much stronger stance and have a much more serious tone and then still continuing to treat everything that's wrong with our society as normal. You know? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, they're doing this thing where... They were trying to... Someone was advocating that the victim services manager like um be put in a, more of a position of influence like on the actual board or something oh, like yeah, that for sure but and all they've done is allowed her to be present at meetings but they haven't empowered her to actually have any influence in those meetings that's awful. so that's another one of those little weasley things right mm-hmm. that's if if a motherfucker takes a half measure then he doesn't actually give a shit yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's a big red flag. And it's not enough. And we need to stop pretending like any effort in any positive direction is enough. Mm-hmm. I, I need I need fucking FUBAR, fucking 
full bore. I don't know if I'm using foobar right, but <laughs> like like fucking balls to the wall. Like I needed a person to, with their whole chest, be about it. Yeah. And not just to do these half measures and this bullshit. That's how you know you're getting taken for a ride. If yeah. if it's only half measures, and you're given lots of bullshit reasons. Um. Yeah, let's say it's almost five. I got a lot of stuff here, but it would take a long time to get into. So let's just wrap it up. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, folks. If anyone is listening, you got a few minutes still to call in. If anyone is there and wants to talk, <laughs> to talk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for listening, and I hope it was informative or entertaining at least thanks for sitting in with me babe no problem uh, for the second half of this show anytime last two thirds um follow me on twitter and instagram at mr kyle wall m r kyle wall go to my website kylewall.biz to find all sorts of other fun stuff check out the king of kings of king of queens podcast it's a new episode this week it's a lot of fun and uh, follow Entropy FM on Instagram and Twitter at Entropy FM. Uh, there's not a show immediately after me, but there is a show at 6 p.m. Central Time. And the name of that show is. Oh, it's DJ Nem Kaldi. Cool show. Doesn't have a show name, but it's a good. They do. They put on a good show. Um, and yeah, just uh, you know, just take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. You know. Um, try to uh, work to uh, rediscover your own humanity, and to see the humanity in other people, and not get bogged down in the pettiness of life that keeps us distracted and and keeps us not mindful any final thoughts my dear no not to put you on the spot or anything <laughs> um yeah i guess that's it that's it folks i'm done we're we're ending the show now <laughs> and i'm playing the song and that's it hope you enjoyed it come back for more thursdays at 3 p.m. Central Time on EntropyFM.com live. That's the time for now. It could change again. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Hot Mom for the song. White by Hot Mom. Look them up. They're awesome.